Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. I'm recording this episode on Thursday, June 6th of 2019. We're a day later than we usually are uh, for podcast and for newsletter publication. And that's because, as you likely know, Google has just released a core quality update. Um, The timing really didn't fit well for us because we wanted to spend some time analyzing the early results of this update before we published. Uh, So if you are a newsletter subscriber, you'll see in newsletter this week loads of stuff about our early thoughts on the June 3rd core quality update. We're going to talk about that in this episode. Um, I hope to have a very thorough article about uh, what's happening uh, in this update um, out in the next week or two. It's an odd update, so we'll talk about it and uh, explain why um, things aren't really the same as other updates that we've seen, and so uh, that's quite interesting. We've got a bunch of other SEO news as well, although not that much has happened outside of this big algorithm update. There's enough to talk about with this update, though. Um, And we'll go over uh, where you can find me uh, coming up. I've got some traveling coming, going to be speaking at some conferences. And uh, a new thing that we're starting to add this week is user SEO questions. Um, One of the things that uh, I absolutely love doing, and this is one of the ways that I actually started in SEO, was hanging out in SEO forums. um, And of course, at the beginning, I was mostly asking questions. And then every now and then when a question came up where I actually knew the answer to it, I started contributing. And so I really, really do enjoy answering SEO questions that come my way. Um, Unfortunately, it's a challenge to answer every single question that comes our way. So we thought we'd do this. We'd start uh, answering some questions, user questions in podcast. So I'm going to do that at the end of this episode, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, If you want to submit a question, there's information in newsletter, which you can find at mariehaines.com slash newsletter. And as always, the newsletter contains quite a bit more information than I am including in the podcast. Uh, otherwise, the podcast would probably be a couple of hours long every uh, every week, um, which is far too much for you to listen to and for me to record. So let's get on with the important news that uh, you need to know for this week. So first of all, the most obvious news is this new algorithm update. This was really unusual that Google actually pre-announced the update. So I was at home on Sunday. I've been working really, really hard to uh, not do crazy work on the weekends. Um, You know, so most weekends I'm actually trying to step away from doing SEO work and have a semblance of a life (laughs) again. Um, And uh, then Danny Sullivan tweeted, and I have an alert set up on my phone so that every time Google search liaison tweets, I get it, uh, this little notification. And he said, tomorrow we're releasing a broad core algorithm update as we do several times per year. It's called the June 2019 core update. Our guidance about such such updates remain as we've covered before. Please see this tweet for more about that. And then he retweeted a tweet from October 11th uh, of 2018. Here's an update about updates. Uh, And he talked about um, Google usually releases one or more changes designed to improve our results pretty much every day. Most have little noticeable change, but help us to continue and goes on talking about these broad core quality updates. Um, And I've written a lot about what a core quality update is. I I really like that Danny came out and said, look, just call it the June 2019 core update. Um, I think many of us are trying to rush out and be the first one to name updates. And um, they don't always get the most accurate names. So, uh, you know, 
June 2019. Totally fits. We know it was a core update. Um, And Danny actually tweeted again on June 3rd. Uh, It was around 1 p.m. Eastern, maybe a little bit after that. Uh, He tweeted that the algorithm update had started to roll out. So, of course, uh, those of us who deal with sites that are trying to recover from algorithmic hits uh, spend a lot of time in Google Analytics. And actually, Google Analytics uh, had all sorts of bugs on Sunday and on Monday as well. I don't know if those are connected to, you know, the number of people that were trying to check their traffic or what. Um, But the point is that uh, a lot of stuff was supposed to happen and then really not a whole lot happened. Uh, And this, you know, this has happened before when Google has pre-announced, I mean, Google pre announced uh, when the page speed update was going to happen. And also when, uh, let me see now, there was another one way back a few years ago, I think it was 2012 when they did the exact match domain update. Um, I believe they pre-announced that as well. It doesn't happen very often though, but when it does happen, often there's not, uh, it's not as big as we would expect. With that said, The reason why newsletter and podcast is a day later is that it seems like a lot of stuff is still happening. So here's what we're seeing as of now. We're seeing that the vast majority of sites that we review are seeing very little change. Um, And yet there are some sites that are seeing dramatic changes. I just tweeted just recently or just uh, about an hour ago um, about uh, some of our clients that are seeing incredibly nice gains. Uh, And these clients are all ones that have worked um, for months and months on improving their site quality. Most of our advice that was given to them on how to improve quality was based based on tips that we gleaned from the quality raters guidelines. And so, um, you know, that's something that I really would pay attention to. I know, you know, with every update, we always recommend doing a full technical audit for your site, um, making sure that you have no manual action. Uh, And one thing, you know, if you've been hit, you think you've been hit by this update, I would really urge you to look across all the departments in your uh, company. I mean, assuming you have a big company to see what has changed with our website. It really does happen often that people think they've been hit hit by an algorithm update And in reality, you know, they just changed something on the site. I had a site years ago that was 100% convinced they had been devastated by Panda. And when they came to me to uh, have an analysis done, uh, they forgot to mention, oh, they they just sort of said, oh, and by the way, we launched a new site design uh, the day before (laughs) this uh, Panda update happened. So they assumed that the Panda didn't like their new site design. Um, And it turns out that they actually forgot to include their Google Analytics tracking code Uh, on the site. And that was why we were seeing big drops. The site actually performed much better in the eyes of of Panda with this new site. Um, So my point is, don't always assume that it's an algorithm update that hits you. But if you've made no changes, and you're seeing significant drops with this June update, it could be that your site has quality issues, or it could be that other sites, competitors, are working on improving their quality, and they have just made some gains so that their site looks better than yours in Google's eyes. Um, And then, of course, there's always also the possibility that uh, your site has been demoted um, because Google is detecting quality issues on your site. So let's talk just a little bit about what we are seeing. Um, I thought it was interesting that when we first got news that there was a big algorithm 
Hidalgo update happening on June 3rd, uh, most of the weather tools, so MozCast, SEMrush sensor, they really weren't showing any sort of change. Um, you know, SEMrush sensor does uh, a number where I think if it gets above something like eight, uh, then they say, oh, there's a lot of volatility in these areas. Um, and SEMrush, they break it down by category. So they noticed a lot of volatility in two areas. One was news sites and one was sports sites. Um, I thought this was interesting. We don't have a lot of clients with sports sites, so it was really hard for me to dig into that. We did have a couple of news publishing clients. Um, most of those saw slight increases with this update. We have one that's seeing really, really nice increases. But it's very hard for us to say, well, they increased because of this. And that's why I'm saying this update is a little bit different. Usually by this time, several days into an update, I'm able to see and go, oh yes, all of the sites we identified as having whatever issue, thin content, uh, link issues, um, you know, we, we usually can see a pattern. And in this case, it's hard to determine what the pattern is. So I think it's possible that Google introduced a number of different things with this update. And that totally makes sense. Um, I want to just backtrack a little bit and include a few things that Google employees have said. Uh, somebody asked Gary Ish whether the update or how long the update was going to take to roll out. And Gary said that's utterly hard to estimate. They can go anywhere from a day to a couple of weeks, depending on factors like data center health, network congestion, and quality. So, um, you know, I checked today. We published, well, we finished writing newsletter last night. We said, let's publish it in the morning. And uh, a great number of the sites that I looked at that saw like very tiny increases yesterday, um, or sorry, two days ago, saw even more increase yesterday. So with that said, I'm a bit reluctant to give you a thorough uh, explanation as to what we think is going on with the algorithm right now or the algorithms. Um, and we'll probably have a very thorough article out uh, in a week or so. Um, that said, I'm traveling as well, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, but here are our early thoughts. So um, I mentioned that SEMrush sensor is showing changes in news and sports. One thing that really is confusing me is that the SEMrush sensor is saying that across health sites, there's very little movement. In fact, uh, I think when I last checked, it was at two. Um, and there were actually words from SEMrush saying, this is just another ordinary day in this sector. Uh, that doesn't line up with what we are seeing. Now, it's possible that our data is a little bit biased because, or skewed perhaps, because we have a lot of health sites in our profile. And that's because um, I think a lot of us, a lot of sites came to us after the August 1st update, which really affected a lot of medical sites. Um, what we're seeing is if you look at the major players in health, uh, so Mayo Clinic, WebMD, Drugs.com, Healthline.com, uh, things like that, those sites are all up um, significantly. And if you look at uh, a bunch of the traditional or non-traditional medicine sites, so sites talking about alternative medicine, uh, things like essential oils, um, treatments that maybe aren't completely backed up by uh, a lot of scientific references, these sites are seeing drops. Uh, we've talked a lot about DrAxe.com. Dr. Axe is not a client of ours, um, but we use them as an example because a lot of people will say, well, Dr. Axe has EAT. He's recognized. A lot of people recognize his name. Um, 
And then we said, you know, August 1st, he saw massive drops, which we believe were connected to reputation. There was all sorts of information on the web about how uh, people could not get a refund from the company and uh, they didn't think the products were working. Um, and uh, and there was a lot of really bad press online. So Dr. Axe worked really hard or his uh, company worked really, really hard to improve the online reputation. They raised their Better Business Bureau rating from an F to, I think it was like a B last time I checked. It could even be an A. Um, they did a number of things online and yet they got really strongly hit uh, by this June 3rd update. I also looked at uh, Dr. Oz who, you know, Dr. Oz is very well known. He's maybe not um, as well respected as uh, traditional medical doctors in some circles. And so um, Dr. Oz saw big drops as well. And I actually took uh, a list. I, I did a search for the top alternative medicine sites and put a bunch of them in to SEMrush to uh, see, you know, what was there a general pattern in every single alternative medicine site? Well, almost everyone that we looked at saw decreases. With that said, we have one client who is fairly well known in the alternative medicine space, and they actually saw um, slight increases, uh, significant enough to, to note. Um, and so they've been working on improving trust signals. We had them do things like uh, if... If they had information on their site that was controversial, that they tried their best to display uh, both sides of the story. That's something that's in Amit Singhal's 23 questions. Uh, and we encouraged them to say, you know, this certain treatment may not be recognized by traditional physicians as working, but here's some evidence that shows that perhaps it might work. Uh, wording like that, um, rather than saying, you know, doctors are quacks and you should not go to your regular doctor. Here's uh, other things you can do that are cheaper and you know the doctors aren't telling you about it because they're getting paid by big pharma if you have a site like that that's talking about conspiracy theories and talking about alternative treatments in a in a light that basically puts traditional medicine in a bad light then those are the types of things that we're seeing uh, those types of sites seeing drops now i can't say that 100 percent for sure this is just a pattern that we are seeing the other thing uh, to talk about is news websites. So there was a very interesting article on Search Engine Roundtable this morning. Uh, Barry Schwartz noted that there was a help forum post by the dailymail.co.uk, massive news publisher, of course. Uh, they posted that they are seeing a 50% drop in organic search traffic, and they're seeing 90% loss of traffic from Discover. Uh, Discover is a relatively new thing we've talked about in the past, uh, but this is devastating for a big news site like this. Now, we have not looked into this in great detail. I think, you know, I don't want to talk about the reputation of different news sites, but I think that that could play a role. And I personally think, um, we mentioned this, when the Quality Raiders Guidelines got updated in uh, just a few weeks ago, one of the things that changed was that they changed a lot of the references of EAT to page quality. And I think, again, this is a very early theory, I think that if you have, um, if you're a news site and you have a bunch of articles, so perhaps the Daily Mail, they may have been ranking well for an article that was potentially thin or not as valuable as some of their competitors, simply because of the brand authority. Um, and I think that Google has gotten better at determining the actual quality of the articles themselves. Again, this is not a commentary on the Daily Mail. I don't know if I've ever even read the Daily Mail, um, probably at some point in my life I have. But uh, 
the point is that there's something going on here with Google either assessing actual quality of articles. Uh, you know, I think it's even possible that they're using user engagement metrics. That's a whole controversial topic. Um, and so I'm going to be spending a good amount of time over the next couple of weeks, probably really digging into uh, why, what, which news sites dropped and potentially trying to tie um, what's happening. The other theory that I have is potentially it could be connected to ads. Um, I think it would be good to look at uh, how heavy the ad experience is on new sites that got hit. Um, the Quality Raiders guidelines have loads of information about ad quality. And I really feel like even though we pointed out, you know, if we have a site that we're reviewing and the ads are just horrendous or they're distracting or they're all the things that are discussed in the Quality Raiders guidelines as a sign of low quality, we point those out and we say, look, this is in the Quality Raiders guidelines many times as something that's seen as a sign of low quality. But I feel like to date, we really haven't uh, seen that implemented into the algorithms. Um, and so it may be that this is what's happening now. Uh, and so that's something that I'm going to investigate over the next uh, week or so. Um, so we're going to come back, uh, you know, at some point, I'm probably will talk more next week in podcast on what's happening with this update. I do think that it's significant. Um, I know we haven't seen a lot of movement in terms of the uh, algo update tools, uh, but I think that that's going to follow. And it wouldn't surprise me if this is the type of update that takes a good week or two to fully roll out. So if you've been awaiting recovery, stay tuned. Hopefully it'll come. Um, you know, if you have been hit, uh, it's possible that things will change. Uh, it's very common after a big update like this, that Google will do tremors afterwards where they sort of tweak the dials. Um, and so stay tuned and we'll see what happens. Uh, and, um, you know, hopefully we'll uh, have more clear information for you in the weeks to come. Um, another possible algorithm update, although I'm not sure if this is an algo update or whether uh, it's some type of a bug on Google's side, I noticed a tweet by Tim Capper, and Tim is very, uh, you know, active in the local SEO space. And in the UK, he said he did a search for airport transfers uh, from Chelsea in the UK. And um, what he got as results were all aggregator sites. So they were sites saying, you know, here are the best airport transfers uh, in London or like they didn't even they weren't locally relevant. Uh, and he's talking about the organic results, not the maps results. So that's kind of interesting that that's happening. Um, I could not replicate this. Now, uh, somebody else on Twitter had uh, was able to replicate it from within uh, the UK. Um, and I'm not seeing it across other verticals either. So I wanted to just mention this for now. Uh, Tim's theory was that Google was removing, uh, if I understand this correctly, that Google was removing organic, uh, sorry, local results from the organic listings. Um, that doesn't really make sense to me. Not saying Tim's wrong. I think it doesn't make sense to him either uh, that Google would do that. And so I almost feel like this could be some type of a glitch or a test of some sort. Uh, so hopefully we'll have more information on that uh, by next week. I want to go back to talk about medical results. And uh, John Mueller said something interesting in a help hangout that sort of confirms that uh, Google has been working on improving the quality of the medical sites that, uh, or the medical results that they are showing in their search results. So um, here's one thing he said. He said, of course, there are other kinds of websites where I'd say our algorithms in the last year or so have been focusing more on and where they're a bit more critical. For example, one area that I've seen mentioned a lot is the whole medical space. 
And he goes on to say, where I see people posting online talking about authority, expertise, he's talking about EAT, those kinds of things where I'd say it definitely makes sense, where in the past it was really hard for us to judge the quality of medical or medically oriented sites. And over time, our algorithms have gotten better in that regard. So that's sort of evidence, it's very strong evidence to show that Google is working on improving quality, um, on assessing things on websites that determine whether a health website is actually trustworthy worthy, uh, one that they want to actually show in their results. Um, and so uh, those of you who are in the health space, you know, you know this. Uh, I know there's still SEOs out there who make fun of, of me and other people who uh, talk about EAT. I am telling you, this is definitely a thing. Uh, and so it's not everything. You, you definitely need to look at, I mean, when we do our site reviews, uh, we still do technical crawls. We still look at page speed issues. Um, you know, we look at uh, a great number of things. But what we're seeing is sites that were affected by algorithm updates, they tend to still be technically sound these days, the ones that we're seeing at least. And again, our data set may be skewed because we see uh, people know we have a reputation for helping sites like medical sites. Um, and so uh, I guess what I'm trying to say here is, um, you know, EAT is important. Uh, speaking of which, we did do part two of our webinar on EAT. Part one, we published quite a few months ago, and I had hoped to get part two out way earlier than this. Uh, part two was about author EAT. It was extremely well received. It's on our website now. And uh, if you go to mariehaines.com slash EAT, no hyphens, you'll get our main post on expertise, authoritativeness, and trust. And uh, there'll be links to the two webinars that we've done as well. Um, we also just this morning put up a transcript of all of the user questions that we had and uh, the whole discussion on author EAT. So if you're looking for our thoughts on that um, and some information and some examples from uh, work that we've done, you can find that on our website. Um, somebody asked, uh, or uh, actually, this is not what somebody asked. I found this. Uh, can you see past manual actions for a site? I noticed we were doing some work for a client of ours that hired us to remove uh, a manual action for unnatural links. And I was just grabbing a quote for uh, this client to say, here's what Google's documentation says. And I noticed that the documentation on manual actions says that history is retained for at least a year for the site uh, of manual actions, um, even if the site changes owners. And the documentation actually says that you can go to the manual actions viewer in new Google search console and see a history of your past reconsideration requests and whether they were accepted, what the responses were. I am not seeing that for any of our clients that have had manual actions in the past. Uh, so I don't know if Google put this documentation in to say uh, that it's coming, um, or if that's an oversight. Uh, I'd be interested if any of you, now you can see messages in old Search Console, although if it, unless things have changed, I mean, the way that used to work is, let's say you had a manual action and then you hired me to remove it. When you add me on as an owner or as somebody with re even restricted access uh, to Search Console, in the past, if I went and looked at your messages section, I would not see those messages about the manual action because I wasn't an owner until after that message was received. Um, so I'm hoping that this has changed because, uh, you know, I've seen this. I was actually involved in a, a court case as 
as an expert witness um, because uh, manual action stuff was not communicated. Um, And so I think it would be really helpful that, you know, if you were purchasing a new domain to see what the history of manual actions were on this this domain. Uh, So I don't know if that will change, but uh, I thought it was interesting wording. And it wouldn't surprise me if uh, that is something that's supposed to be there and we'll notice in the future. Um, I should mention too, uh, if you recall, we had an issue with manual actions in uh, just a few months ago where uh, every site that had a manual action had it removed from Search Console um, with no email saying that it was removed. And then they all came back again. We have uh, now one client who applied for reconsideration uh, in that time frame. We've gotten their manual action removed. Another client we applied for reconsideration and uh, they did not hear back from Google and it's been a great number of weeks now. I want to say it's been like 10 weeks or so. Um, that's really unusual. So I'm in communication with some of my contacts at Google now just to see, you know, there may be some bugs in terms of manual actions. So if you have uh, filed a reconsideration request and it's been more than a couple of weeks and you haven't heard back from Google, it's not a bad idea to just go and file another one. There's no harm in doing that. It's not like it's going to move you to the end of the queue again. Um, So I would say go ahead and do that if you feel like uh, it can take up to six weeks to hear a response back. But it's been other than this one instance, it's been a long time since I've had a case take more than two or three weeks, I'd say. Um, let's see here. There's a new, uh, desktop or mobile selector for the rich test results, rich results test. Uh, so if you are using, um, Google structured data testing tool, you can now choose whether Google tests your structured data as desktop or mobile. And that's really important because if you are moved to mobile first indexing, you want to absolutely make sure that, uh, your structured data is exactly the same on desktop as mobile first or as mobile. Otherwise, uh, Google will not crawl the information and and gather the information that's on the desktop version of your site. Google has updated their guidelines for how to add how-to schema to your site. I'm not going to go into all of the details on that, but uh, we have a link in the newsletter. And uh, if you are using how-to schema, uh, there are very detailed instructions um, in Google's doc on how to add how-to schema. That's kind of a bit meta, I think. Um, Let's see here. Somebody asked uh, Gary Ish whether Google was testing page titles once again. Um, And so uh, what was asked was, um, is Google testing the title length increment? Uh, And they were asking whether this was, uh, they saw changes. They wondered if they were connected to their latest algorithm update. So Gary Ish confirmed that, yes, Google is making changes to uh, title tag lengths somehow. Um, You know, all the detail he gave us was the word yes. Uh, So I have no detail on whether they're looking at how many pixels are in the title tag length, uh, how many characters, or whether they're shortening it or making it longer. I have no idea. Um, And this is not connected to the June 2019 core update. This is totally not an SEO thing, although it could be. Um, you may have noticed that there's 3D images now and AR in the... the, um, uh, augmented reality in the search results. So if you do a search for most animals, and we had fun with this, we did. A, if you do a search for penguin or panda, um, there's other non-googly animals as well, uh, you'll see a result saying, see this 3D animal in your space. And then you can hold up your phone and basically place a penguin on your desk or uh, you know in your lap or wherever you want to place a penguin. Um, and, uh, and it's kind of cool. It interacts with you in real, real space. Um, I think this will probably eventually 
eventually uh, grow so that um, e-commerce sites will use this. So instead of saying, you know, uh, here's, you see it on Amazon, you know, here's a 3D image of this item that you want to buy. Let's say you're looking to buy something to decorate your home with, you know, some new uh, curtains, perhaps. I bet you that uh, right in the Google searches, SERPs now, you'll be able to, or soon, be able to search for these curtains and then hold up your phone and just see them in your home. Uh, and so if you are in that kind of space, you know, in e-commerce, uh, then I would keep an eye on this type of thing because I would imagine that Google would prefer to show results from sites that actually give users that option. So stay tuned to what uh, is happening with that. As far as we know, uh, all of the indexing bugs on Google's side have been fixed. And uh, according to Google, if you are still seeing issues with the Google Search Console coverage report, it's probably not related to this indexing bug. So if you have a bunch of pages that are showing that they are not indexed and you think they should be indexed, they may have quality issues, they may have technical issues, um, but this is unlikely to be because of the bug on Google's side. Um, Here's a good question. Uh, somebody asked how Google handles a disavow file. And John Mueller, this is not news, but it might be news to some of you who are not used to using the disavow tool. John Mueller said the disavow file is processed immediately. The links are disavowed over time. There's no fixed timeline. So what he means by that is if I upload a disavow file today, that disavow file immediately goes into place. It's there, and as Google crawls the web, if they see a link that's in the, my disavow file or a site that's in my disavow file, they will not factor links from that page or domain, depending on what I've disavowed, uh, into um, calculations in regards to my site. So uh, the most common use for that is if I had a bunch of low-quality links that were made for SEO reasons, and I put them uh, those domains in my disavow file, then uh, Google will now, as they crawl the web, and you know, this is why it takes time, because if I have a low-quality link, it probably is a page that's not crawled on a regular basis. So as Google crawls the web, then they see this page and they say, oh, there's a link to mariehaines.com here, but she's asked us not to count this. Um, and so if it's a good link, I lose the page rank for that. That's why you need to know how to disavow properly. If it's an unnatural link, then Google doesn't factor that into their algorithms. Um, and we thoroughly believe, John Mueller uh, backed us up on this uh, several months ago, that there still are algorithms outside of Penguin that can look at the overall quality of your link profile. And you know, if you have links that you have specifically made with the intent of manipulating Google search results, then there's a good chance that the algorithms are going to look at your links and say, you know, we maybe can't trust a lot of links pointing to this site and you could suffer in the search results as a, as a result. Um, I didn't catch this tweet until I was actually reviewing newsletter. Danny Sullivan tweeted that Google Chrome now lets you use uh, in developer mode custom geolocations. So I want to play around with this. I know there are tools that do this in the local space that if I want to see search results from a particular city, then uh, I can you know use a tool to do that. But apparently now we can do this in Chrome in developer mode. So that's something I want to uh, play around with. In terms of local SEO, some people are noticing now that there's more of the rollout of Q&A, auto-suggest answers. Uh, and so this is something where um, a notable change with this feature is that auto-suggest is no longer being pulled from 
Q&A and reviews, but instead they're using just the reviews. And apparently Google is using natural language processing um, and sentiment analysis to actually return answers based on the reviews that are already on your website. Um, and so uh, it can highlight sentences. So basically if I'm asking, you know, uh, this is the way I understand it. If I was searching for a hotel and I wanted to know whether they had comfortable beds, um, you know, I can search for those words. And uh, the natural language processing means that they're not just pulling out reviews that mention the words comfortable beds. But they may be able to determine that, oh, that's very similar to people searching for I had a great sleep or the bed was very soft um, or something like that. Uh, and so uh, this is kind of cool. Um, and I think it's interesting that this is coming out of uh, Google My Business right now. Um, I think this is something that probably is already in integrated into organic search at, in some way. Um, I thought it was very interesting to include that. Um, Joy Hawkins had a comment about Google My Business and insights that there appears to be some missing data. Uh, data from May 30th to the 31st is missing for uh, a lot of websites. And uh, I don't know why that is. Um, so anyways, if you are missing Google My Business uh, insights for those dates, it's probably a bug. It's probably not that your website was down <laughs> for those days. Um, and that's actually all we've got for newsletter, but we're going to go into this new segment now where we're going to answer listener SEO questions. If you are listening to this podcast and you have a question for me to answer, um, you can go to our newsletter. So it's mariehaines.com slash newsletter, and you should see a link to a Google form where you can ask uh, a question. And uh, I can't guarantee that I'm going to be able to answer everybody's questions, but we realized, you know, we get so many people who want just a quick answer to something, and I I'm always happy to uh, answer on Twitter. Um, again, I'm trying to do less on the weekends. So if you uh, tweet at me on the weekends, I may not get back to you. Um, but on weekdays, if you tweet at me and it's something I can answer in a tweet, I'm happy to do that. But let's uh, so we've got two questions that we're going to talk about today. Um, the first one is an EAT related question. And the second one is just a question uh, about basically um, getting a job as an SEO. And I, I have some thoughts on that as well. So um, this question on EAT, it's a little bit long, but I feel like it's important to read the whole question. In regards to the EAT metric, is there a way to craft an about page or any other place you can modify, which is under your full control, which is not a direct reflection of a single person, but rather a brand? Even though there may be people behind the brand, the EAT is built on the brand and its name rather than the owners and the employees. I think that's pretty common. Um, should the about page reflect this directly or is it best to put names and faces there too? For reference, all posts are published with author name, picture, short bio, and individual author pages. So first of all, it sounds like you're doing things the right way. These are all things that we would recommend doing in terms of having your author name, uh, a photo is fantastic, a bio that extols their EAT, and author pages. I see a lot of sites use these um, nondescript author pages that are essentially just a list of, here's the articles this person has written, and we like to see uh, all sorts of information that basically tells the user, look, if you want information on this topic, here's why this writer from our website is the best at writing on this, or here's why they're immensely qualified to write on this. So I think the main question here is whether you need to list your team members on your about page. Um, and this is 
for me to answer this, there's really a lot of theory here because we don't know exactly how Google gra- gathers this type of information. Um, the quality raters, you know, they're told to find information about who is responsible for a site's content. Um, and that doesn't matter whether you're a big brand or not. You know, they, they are told to find out who is responsible. Now, in some cases, if you are a big brand, then the quality raters may just say, you know, the brand is responsible for this content. Um, here's an example. In the EAT author webinar that we just did, I mentioned how... Um, some big players that you would recognize don't have authors on their posts. So for example, Mayo Clinic, they have medical reviewers, but they don't tell you who actually wrote their post. Uh, IBM is another example, and State Farm. Uh, those are companies that you, you know, you would recognize those by name. And if I read an article on IBM, I don't necessarily need to know that this individual is known as an expert in writing on this technical topic, because IBM has so much brand authority that I recognize, oh, this is from a brand that I trust. I know that they're experts in these particular areas. So if you have a brand that is large enough so that that people recognize, ah, your brand is an expert in this. You may be able to get away without extolling the EAT of authors on your author page. But my thought is, why not just put it in there anyways? I mean, if you have 400 authors on your site, you don't want to have all of those on your about page, um, but you could still feature your most authoritative authors. And here's why I say this. We don't know even whether Google looks at your about page algorithmically. I think that most EAT signals are gathered from external sources. You know, I can say I'm the world's best expert in whatever topic, you know, and just because I say it doesn't make me an expert in that topic. But if I have other people who are experts in that topic saying, oh, yeah, Marie Haynes is an expert in our topic as well. um, That's what the quality raters guidelines say, that if you have other experts mentioning you as an expert, then that's how Google determines uh, whether you have EAT to write on your topics. So, um, What we don't know, my thought is let's put as much information out there as we can to help Google connect the dots. Um, And so, you know, if I, let's say I hired uh, somebody who's internationally renowned as uh, an SEO um, and I want to have them, uh, you know, known in connection with my company, I would put that person on my about page. Um, and it's not to say that they're any more valuable than, you know, my current team members who may not have um, yet have knowledge of have everybody saying, you know, you guys are incredible experts in in SEO. But um I basically want to show Google signals. I want to show Google as many signals as I can to say, uh, we have the best authors, we have, um, you know, this authority, these brands have been talking about us. We actually had one client, I've talked about this before, it was a fairly well recognizable brand, um, and uh, yet they seemed to be getting hit by EAT related updates, and we had them beef up their about page to show, here's the awards we've won, here's a link to all the places we've been mentioned, here's a uh, you know, the big brands that we've worked with that have endorsed us. And uh, with the next quality update, this site saw massive, massive uh, improvements. So, um, you know, do you need to have information on all of your authors and every member of your team on your about page? No. Um, But if you have team members that uh, basically make your business seem better, then I would put that information on there. Um, And the last question that we'll uh, talk about, this is a really interesting question. 
Um, is it worth it to apply to SEO jobs these days without a degree and two years of doing nothing but being ill? First of all, I'm very sorry that you had to go through that. Uh, you know, let me, t- I'm going to tell you a story in a minute that will hopefully encourage you um, to go on with the question here. I've only worked in an e-commerce shop and managed to get the marketing lead there, but I doubt my skills are good enough to make it in the agency life. Should I go freelance instead and hustle? So that's a hard question to answer. Um, so I'm just going to give you a few thoughts here. First of all, I'll tell you that the whole reason why you're listening to me today is because of illness. Um, I, uh, when I was, um, God, Gosh, my youngest, yeah, so it was 11 years ago now, uh, I hurt my back severely and I was on the couch um, for six weeks and I could not work. I was a veterinarian at the time and I, I could not do my job. Um, and so we bought a laptop and uh, and I learned to make a website and I, you know, I started learning SEO. And then um, a couple of years after that, I hurt my back severely again and the same thing happened. And I used that time of bed rest uh, to work on um, more of actually developing uh, an SEO agency. Um, and then uh, I was on bed rest when I was pregnant with my second child. And that's when Penguin came out. Um, and, you know, I had all this time to actually look at uh, what Google was doing and develop this whole business. So, um, you know, sometimes I think life gives us adversity and we can turn it into something uh, that's good if, you know, if you have a really good attitude about things um, and if you're curious about something. So, The next thing I would say is don't sell yourself short. Don't say, you know, I haven't been in the industry, so nobody's going to want to hire me. Um, We have hired several people. And um, I really noticed a trend that when we get resumes, very few resumes stand out above the rest of them. Uh, Everybody's saying the same things. We recently just hired a new employee and... um, you know, after she, and now this was not specifically for an SEO role, but I think the same things apply. Um, She, you know, researched our website, she read the newsletter, she uh, really went above and beyond to show that she was going to be a fantastic employee. And we hired this person and she's working out great. Um, And so I would say, you know, be honest about the fact, say, look, I have not been in the workforce for a couple of years, but here's the kind of things that I like to do. I love when I see on a resume, that somebody has created their own website um, and that they have, uh, you know, played around with Google ads and uh, and done things that show that they're constantly learning and trying to get better. Um, so I would say, you know, go ahead and apply for jobs. Now, should you do your own hustle and, and freelance? That's really hard to answer. I'll tell you, it's hard when you first get started. I had a bit of an advantage because I fell into the penalty sphere when there really wasn't anybody known as an authority. Um, and so uh, I had a lot of business come my way quickly. I think if you're going to go out and freelance, you sort of need to build up uh, a reputation in something. You know, Are you going to be known as the best SEO for dentists or um, the best SEO uh, if you have issues with AMP pages, uh, that type of thing. If you can you know, develop an expertise in one particular area, you have a better chance of actually making it as a freelancer. Um, 
I don't know. It's a tough decision to make. But I again, I would say don't sell yourself short uh, because a lot of the people who are applying for SEO jobs, even if they have formal schooling, it's outdated. So as an employer, I would rather hire somebody who uh, shows initiative to learn the most recent things, who says, I read your newsletter. I read Search Engine Roundtable. I'm on Twitter SEO all day long. Um, you know, and if you can demonstrate that you can do that uh, and that you're willing to learn, I think you can probably get a decent SEO job job and then work towards, um, you know, if that's something that you want to do, work towards having your own uh, your own gig. Um, so hopefully those questions have helped. Uh, if you're thinking of asking a question, um, don't be embarrassed about, uh, you know, really simple questions. We'd love to answer some very basic SEO questions as well. And um, our area of expertise, uh, our strong expertise is in EAT, Google penalties, link quality, things like that. Um, but we do a lot of work with uh, all aspects of SEO as well. So feel free to, to ask us that type of question. And um, that's it for today. If you are anywhere near the Boston area, I'm going to be at Search Love next week speaking on EAT and the Quality Raiders Guidelines and also at uh, a special dinner with Semni, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, Those of you who potentially were negatively affected by this latest algorithm update, uh, just know that our waiting list is starting to grow again. Um, So if you are at all interested in having us do a site quality review and help you to get hopefully back on the right road, Road. Um, now is the time to apply. Uh, we t- add to our waiting list based on uh, when the invoice is paid. So if you want to jump in and, and uh, get a site review in the next few weeks or so, then now is the time to uh, to talk to us. You can reach us at help at mariehaines.com. So hopefully you've liked this new format. Um, I should hopefully be back next week with the same, although I'm doing a lot of traveling next week. So we'll see how things go. I think I should still be able to record a podcast episode. I greatly appreciate all of you who listen to this. Um, Thank you so much. And I wish you the best of luck with rankings this week. (laughs) 